It's so quiet and so still. Everything's ice and snow and water here, and a little lonesome. Last week I wanted to communicate, but I wasn't sure who with. I asked my cards, and they pointed me towards my inner child, and I felt I did a fairly good job of addressing her with a story inspired by the Six of Cups. This week, I still feel this longing, this reaching, this terribly aching need to be heard. And then, suddenly, it occurred to me. I am often so fixated on speaking, on being heard, that I forget that perhaps a much more integral part of communication is the listening. I need to be better at listening. Or maybe I just want to be better at listening, because I enjoy it so. Is that why my ears feel a little different today? A little larger, a little more pointed, curled, perhaps. I feel them twitch, this way and that of their own volition, when there's a little sound far away, a rabbit scurrying back to its hole under the snow, a bird crying out for its companions up in a tree, echoing cries in the distance, far away, perhaps human, perhaps not. I grin with my gleaming teeth, fangs once more, I think for I've found just a bit more of my old bite, sharp and cold like icicles. The answers are always so much more simple than we make them out to be, aren't they? Just listen. I shuffled my tarot cards, and this week I did not ask them a question. I merely said, I'm listening. I'm listening. I want to speak. I want to communicate. I'm listening. The shuffling felt meditative, calming, rhythmic, one card after the other in four little neat piles. Then shuffle two together, then the other two together, then the remaining two together, then shuffle a little more, then... Cut the deck, and pull the one that called out. The King of Cups. A new face. I haven't seen him before. I like him. Welcome, friend. What a lovely king, indeed. A perfect king for the new moon in Pisces, I think for the suit of cups bear water. And this king has many gentle messages for us to start fresh for a new cycle. He speaks of compassion, emotional balance, emotional strength, emotional maturity, calm, 
steadfastness. He recognizes, I believe, that there are many sides to each of us. These include an emotional, creative, subconscious kind, as well as a rational, logical, conscious side. And he does not resent any of these sides, but rather calls on us to bring them into harmony. Through accepting and therefore not being rattled by our emotions, we can achieve much. We can endure anything, too. He asks us to come to terms with our feeling and our knowing. While he is loving and caring, he also knows the importance of personal boundaries and self-preservation, an important lesson for us all. I feel I have known this card lately. Of course I have. He is within all of us just as each of the cards are. We all have the capacity to become our own spiritual and emotional guides, I think. Anyway, you know what? I know that I have so many spirits who pass through my woods. Ghosts, monsters, sprites, creatures. They listen to me often and I hear their voices, too, frequently. But I haven't really stopped and listened lately. Probably an important thing to do, isn't it? I like to imagine, in my terrible pride, that I am powerful enough to create, 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 write, 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 make, 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 all on my own but I need help often. This week, I need help. And also this week, I feel an overwhelming need to help. I shudder to call it helping, actually, for who am I to think I can do such a great thing? I'm just a monster, alone in my woods. But I do want to help. I want to listen. The breeze is picked up, and on the breeze, whispers. I know what to do. I am setting up little bells on the tree branches nearby. Well, whatever I can find. Remember, I have a store of human trinkets nearby. I'll put up little necklaces, my little bit of green glass that vampire gave me as a gift, the little bracelet a human child gave me once, metal spoons and forks from all the times I've invited you to dine with me here in my forest. Whatever I can find, I've made little bells out of, little wind chimes, and hung them up close to me. I've found a soft place to sit. The snow is melted here on this brown, gray patch of dead flowers. Forgive me, not dead, but sleeping. I think and hope they'll come back in the spring. But I'll sit me here, and you know what I will do? I will wait. 
I will wait in the silence. I will wait for someone or something to make themselves known. Deep breaths in, out, in. Out. I feel them already, ready to speak, so willing to speak. Spirits, not lost, but exactly where they want to be, here, with me. That is an honor. We are not alone, my friends. Not a single one of us. Let me ask you one thing. Do you have a question for me? Ah, someone is here. Someone is calling. Hello, dear friend, and welcome. What is your question? I have a question. Do you drink tea? If so, what kind of herbs? Like lavender, valerian, ginseng, jasmine, etc. Do you like that with that? An interesting question. A fun question. Yes, I do. Well, I don't know if you'd quite call it tea. The thing is, I live in an imaginary forest, and there are herbs that I find here. I favor lavender and cinnamon and rosemary. Lavender for calm, though I most prefer to burn it. Cinnamon for power. I put it in drinks, I burn it, I just keep it close by. Rosemary for clarity, and I enjoy it in food very much, because it reminds me of good meals on cold nights with warm people. But that is not the tea I drink. The tea that I drink here comes from a little plant I haven't tried to identify, because I'm certain it's not in any of your books. The plant is black, like little black twigs, with little red flowers peeking up from it, like bloody fingertips. But it tastes rich and sweet perhaps like chocolate, like raspberries, but very different. It is a bark, or, or is it a bean? Is it like vanilla or like cinnamon? I don't know. But when I light a fire and place my cauldron of lake water over it, and I boil this mystery plant that looks like a monster itself, I only take as much as I need so that I don't deplete the bush too soon. And the drink that comes from that is rich and dark 
and spiced. It makes me feel as though I have blood again, and that blood runs quickly through my veins, and I feel alive. I am alive. That is the tea I drink here, in these woods. I don't think you can find it in your human stores. What kind of tea do you like to drink? Do you prefer coffee? Hot cocoa? Just water? Thank you very much for stopping by. Ah, we have another voice here. Hello, other voice. Do you have a question? I have a question. Do you keep a journal? Or a method to preserve stories? Or events that you wish to not forget? Oh, thank you so very much for this one, my friend. I keep several journals. There are a couple that I can only see somewhat dimly right now, for I use them in another life, in another world. And I use them, I think, for very practical things. Survival-like things. Working out and about in a world that is not more real than this one, but much more fast-paced than this one. It keeps track of things that to be honest, I don't love writing down in books, I don't love writing on paper, but I need to do it. And I love to write in books with my hands, so I do it anyway. One of them, however, was made by hand, stained with pressed orange, red, yellow, brown flowers. And I love it so much. Real flowers went into the making of that journal. I use it in the other world, but it reminds me of this world. Funnily enough, I use it to keep track of days and times, because I have trouble doing that on my own, as you can imagine. I have another journal where I write whatever I want. That journal has no rules. I can write in it as often or as little as I like. I can use it if I quickly need to put song lyrics, ideas for songs or poems, or frantic thoughts there. It's always there when I need it. A good friend. I have another journal. A most shadowy journal. A book with secrets in it. With my magical secrets. It's ornate, brown, decorated with gold patterns, and it has clasps on it so it takes effort to look inside. I cannot tell you what is within that book. Sorry. Finally, I have a journal that is only for this forest. I found it once I found myself here, and once I started drawing tarot cards to inspire my stories for you. It is black, and on the cover is the image for the Empress card, all in gold, for she inspires me. Every week when I draw a card, I fill out a page, 
I write my question. I write the card I drew. The words associated with that card. My initial thoughts about it. I write what I, as your narrator, think. And then what I think about a story for this week, if I have one. And a few other things, but I think you get the idea. The Empress is the journal I keep for you and I here. She's a little torn and well used, but there are now 184 pages, perhaps even a few more in there. She is perhaps the longest journal I've ever completed, and she is not even complete. I'm quite proud of her. Do you keep a journal? Is there a kind of journal you've always wanted to keep, but just haven't started for some reason? I wonder. Thank you so much for your question. Is there another caller? Ah, hello, my friend. Welcome. What is your question? What gives you a hope when life when seems difficult? When things seem hard and you don't want to continue? Life is hard often. I feel like I could learn how to perhaps hold out in difficult situations. Oh, my friend. Thank you for your question. I, too, have a strained relationship with hope. At first I was certain it was toxic, since it asks us to long for something that we don't have, and I think that longing for things we don't have is a great cause of strife in our lives. But I've been proven wrong about this. Because, you see, I think life, the world, all of this, is a delicate balance. Life, death, light, dark, pleasure, pain, joy, sorrow, chaos, order, peace, conflict. And part of maintaining that balance, I think, is maintaining the belief that we must strive for better always. Some days the darkness, the pain, the sorrow, the conflict begins to tilt the scales in one direction. Perhaps it is on those days that our hope can cause us to work hard enough to tilt the scales the other way. Not so that light, pleasure, joy, and peace win and we live in an imaginary utopia that will never come to be but just so that we do not let the darkness take over. Perhaps that is our job, and perhaps that is hope's job. If I ever feel that I cannot continue, I rest. I sleep. I try to make everything as quiet as possible. I turn away from things with bright lights and flashing images and loud sounds. And I listen to something simple 
like the wind through the trees, or a little orange cat purring, or even my own breath. And I find the little part of me that is unchangeable by everything around me. The part of me that is eternal and knows what is right and sometimes gets drowned out by all the nonsense everywhere else. I listen to that part of me and she doesn't offer hope but rather gratitude. Gratitude for this very moment I took to listen to her. No matter what, I found that. If you can bear the silence, try it. Try to talk to yourself. I do it all the time. The world is difficult, often, but you can be gentle. On yourself, on others, on the world. And if you can find that gentleness, that love to give, perhaps you can admire it in yourself. Inspire yourself. It is not always possible. Sometimes things are so hard and you need someone else. You need help from outside of yourself. And in those times, I would say, please, do not hesitate to find it. It seems like everything is hard and cruel and awful sometimes, but I promise you, my friend, it is not. There is good. There are little goods everywhere. Sometimes they just get overshadowed, drowned out. That's where the quiet and the listening and watching and waiting can help. And please, without fear or shame, also, the speaking to others who want to help. As for the question of holding out in difficult situations, I used to think I couldn't. Sometimes I do fail miserably. But where I am strong is here. My imaginary forest where things are calm and safe and quiet and beautiful. I then realize that it is, as I said, imaginary, which means I can have it anywhere and anytime I like. I would encourage you to create a space like this for yourself, a special place, one that you can design when you are alone and comfortable. And then you can bring it with you to difficult situations. It will always be there for you. Ready. Waiting. Hold its image in your mind when you need it. And if you like, tell me what it looks like later. I would be most curious. You are right that the world is difficult. Life is hard, often, but it is still life, and life is everything. And among all that difficult, 
all that hard, there is always beauty and kindness and goodness. Always. Sometimes it's just harder to find. Even if you can only find it there, in that little place in your heart, it's still there. Much love to you, my friend. Another question from another friend. Yes, caller, what is your question? Have you lived for so long? Do you have a sense of hope or despair regarding humanity? Ah, my friend, thank you. I spoke of hope just now, so without repeating myself too badly, I will say that Generally speaking, I feel, let me see, hope, yes, hope, because though there is pain and strife and suffering and injustice, there has been since the dawn of time. This is not an excuse for it. It is always terrible and dreadful and should be fought against. But we would be foolish to think that we are the first to see such dire times. But that is not where I draw hope from. I draw hope from the fact that we have begun to watch and not look away. We refuse to look away. And in that refusal, we feel pain, but I hope that it's like the pain of stretching an unused muscle. It will make us stronger and more confident in what we need to do to make things better, to tilt the scales in the right direction, as it were. We are all of us here together in this world, each of us with a little soul inside our little house bodies here. In that knowledge, I know that we can grow greater and stronger. We can, no question. I cannot say for sure whether we will, because I cannot tell the future. But I know that we have the capacity to be greater, stronger, and more kind. That potential gives me hope. There is much talk about the end of the world. I refuse to believe that it is that. If I believed it was the end, I would not fight for the world. And I love the world too dearly to not fight for it. Even in the poor way that I do it, which is generally, to be honest, just by telling stories about how much I love the world. But I love the world. I will fight for the world, and I do not believe it is the end of the world. Oh, do you have another question for me? Are there any customs or trends, literary, theatrical, foods, etc., that you miss or would be happy to never experience again? Delightful question. But you know, I've thought about this extensively. Would I rather be in a different time? 
I don't think so. Because time does not exist. Certainly, every time has its beauty and its ugly. But you know something. I think I miss the times when poets, philosophers, musicians, thinkers, artists would gather together and discuss everything. Just for the sake of doing it. Just for the sake of knowing. I think that those moments are the most beautiful. When you speak with someone who feels similarly to you, and you discover a moment when you are in complete synchronicity on a thought. An author I very much loved once described it as a golden moment. I seek out golden moments whenever and wherever I can. I miss them, but they're by no means gone. As for a custom or trend I would never like to experience again, hmm. probably tossing your waste from your windows out into the streets. I don't need that in my life. I don't really understand how it was decided on as the thing to do, but it seems objectively like a terrible idea. I don't miss those days. Thank you so much for your questions, dear friend. Ah, yes, I think we have time for one more question. What would you like to ask? Dear ghost, if you could transform yourself to any creature in heaven or earth or the sea, which would it be and why? Oh, I love it. What a wonderful question to end our night with. Hmm. I would be a kraken. A giant octopus. A monster of the deep. I would have eight arms and legs so that I could reach as much as I like for things. And I would be so large that no one would dare disturb my slumber. But I would stay so quiet and hidden and deep, deep down in the sea that no one would disturb me anyway. Surrounded by beautiful, sunken wreckages that remind me of times past. Melancholy but grateful, and pleased in my own way with my treasures. I would sing my song to the fishes and the ships way up above my head. And perhaps I would make friends that way. But if I didn't, I'd still be happy sleeping at the bottom of the sea, looking at the wonderful ingenuity of humans, but also marveling at their frailty and their beautiful, temporary nature. And imagine how much more wondrous and ingenious they are on their land, if they could create such things of beauty to float on top of the sea. Imagine their castles, 
Imagine their music, their art, all of it. Imagine all of it. It must be so, so wondrous. But for now, I would just sleep. And I think that's what I shall do. Thank you, my friends, for speaking with me tonight and sharing your questions with me. Thank you for listening to me answer these questions. Thank you for reminding me that I'm not alone here. And thank you for trusting me to be not alone with you here, too. Sweet dreams to my friends listening, to my friends asking, to my friends. Sweet dreams. Hello everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for this somewhat experimental episode of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is your host, writer, narrator, composer, podcaster, producer, etc., Kristen Zaza. Thank you so much for listening. If you're curious, or if you're not quite sure what was going on here, I had the idea that I wanted to communicate. I wanted to listen a little more this week. So every question that I answered on a call, or whatever you'd like to call them, was a real question that someone left me online. So thank you so much to everyone who took the time to do that. Thank you for helping me out with this episode tonight. I'm very grateful. I'd like to send a thank you to everyone who supports the show via Patreon, including a new patron as of this week who pledged a monthly amount to support what I do here, Zane Meekland. Thank you so very much for helping me and the show out, Zane. I really appreciate it. If you're interested in doing the same, every patron of $1 or more a month gains access to my complete soundtrack of the podcast, while every patron of $5 or more gets that, as well as access to a monthly tarot reading video I upload for the full moon. To learn more about these perks, visit my page at patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. And if you'd prefer to donate one time only without those perks, you can buy one or more metaphorical coffees at ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. And we also have t-shirts and hoodies for purchase at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. I would also appreciate if you left a rating and a review for the show on iTunes or wherever else you like to rate and review podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at A Dark Cold Night, Instagram at Dark Cold Night Podcast, on Facebook and YouTube at On A Dark Cold Night, and on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. I would like to take a moment to say that I see us all struggling with the state of the world these days. And it's scary, but we're not alone. Remember to take care of yourselves as you fight for what you know is right. I would also like to send love to those in Ukraine, I can't imagine what it must be like for you right now or for anyone experiencing war in any country for that matter. 
And to that point, um, I'd like to just point my listeners towards Project Hope. Project Hope places power in the hands of local healthcare workers to save lives around the world, working in five main areas, disasters and health crises, infectious diseases, non-communicable diseases, maternal, neonatal, and child health, and health policy. I find it inspiring that they're out there trying to get help to people facing emergencies as quickly as possible. And that includes the crisis in Ukraine right now. As their website says, everyone deserves access to the health care they need to reach their full potential. To learn more and donate if you're able, visit their website at projecthope.org. Thank you so much for listening and letting me listen back a little tonight. Be well, my friends. Take care of yourselves. And go about the world gently, please. Sweet dreams. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.